Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by our friends at Media Gradier. Media Gradier is a small nonprofit ministry that makes amazing documentaries and multimedia Bible studies. This week, we want to tell you about their project, The Behold Your God, The Weight of Majesty. It's a multimedia Bible study. Stay tuned for more details or head on over to themeansofgrace.org. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. You look good, man. Thanks. I would say you should go to Europe more often, but then I wouldn't see you as much, so I'm not going to say that. But it it did you well. Oh, well, thank you. You look good. Uh, Cool. Dressed nice. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Like Yeah. Like a Frenchman. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 ooh la la. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Either. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully it's not bad. I could have been what? something yeah, bad. I really don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Hey, if it is, I didn't mean it. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm going to Google. I don't speak French. <laughs> Google, what does enjante mean? I think it's a, I think it's a kind of cheese, cheesy potatoes. Is that what that is? Uh, here's the thing. How do I, how do I, you go like this. You go here. Watch this. Yeah, go here. Google, what does enjante mean? Okay. I found this on the web, but what does a shant mean? <laughs> <laughs> a, a shant. <laughs> no. I have no idea, and I don't know how to spell it. Yeah, well, because, well, you know, that's not our thing. Oh, really... again. Well, you know, we just, we're just getting started. Again. We're getting started. You do this every single your time. Your phone, go, your watch goes off all the time. Mm-mm. Mm. No, it does not. So uh, during worship today? Yeah. Did your phone go off during worship? No, no, no. So I'm up there, and I'm doing the Lord's Supper, right? And, uh, and I get to the point where I'm saying, if your kids are with you, it's a great opportunity for you to talk to them further about the Lord's Supper, what it represents, the death of Christ, mm. and all of that. And as I'm explaining the encouraging parents to talk to their kids, this orchestral, like, soundtrack, movie, motion picture soundtrack starts to... Do you know what movie? No. Oh. But you could hear it playing and rising up. Like it's like, starting to build up. Like I have my own soundtrack for the Lord's <gasps> Supper. And, what if we did that? And everybody starts looking around, and I'm like... It's like I got my own soundtrack. Everybody starts laughing, and I'm like, holy smokes. It was like, everybody's laughing. I didn't know who it was, and we had a lot of visitors today, mm. so I didn't call them out. But you know, if it was one of our people, oh. I would totally would have like, I would oh, lit them yeah. up, put them on blast. It would have been funny, yeah, but yeah. Uh, they didn't do that because I didn't know who it was. So uh, yeah, that was, the, uh, that was one of the few gaffes we had today. There was Somebody, gaffes? Well, here's the thing. We always tell them at the very beginning, hey, have you got a phone? Turn it off or put yeah. it on silent. Everybody always say that because, hey, you know what? We want to focus on the Lord here. Yeah, very important. So, yeah, we were having projector problems and mm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And the stage was set funny. So, like, I didn't have anywhere to stand. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And my mm. wife was sick. Like, there was, so she was And she to, was supposed to be singing it today. She was supposed playing. to sing it. She yeah. could not. Yeah. She lost her voice. She was not mm. talking. She was probably yelling at you all the time. Is that why she lost her voice? Yeah. 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 What are you winking? <laughs> 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 I know what's going on. Jimmy got in trouble for something. Yeah. Yeah. You listen, as far as I'm concerned, it's I got funny. your back. You just took her to Europe. Man, she needs to chill. Uh, you know what? That's she needs just to it, settle down. Yeah, I appreciate you say that because yeah. I, that's what I said to get yelled at. Oh, <laughs> what? how can you argue with that? I know. And she was like, oh, can you do this? I'm like, what? Oh, it must be nice. I just took you for, to Europe and everything. She's yeah. like, what'd you say? I'm like, hmm, uh, let me hear you complain a little bit more. Oh, I tell you what. Next time, you tell her, I'm taking Joe next time. You're going to be like that? Because you know what? She knows I won't Joe, do that. Yeah, you will. No. <laughs> 
She knows. She knows. You're taking like, me next time. Don't even play. She knows what I like to do, and you would do none of it. I would do those photo shoots with you. <gasps> you, would, you know what? You might. Hold on. You might do the photo <laughs> shoot. As long as I didn't have to wear that red dress, I would. Yeah. It would have to be a red top, though. I would because I'd want you to pop. Yeah, I, I can. I can pop. I'm good at that. <laughs> So yeah, it was actually those words that got me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? There was like nice little playful banter, and then I hit her with that, mm-hmm. and it, it, it took a sharp turn. Yeah, well, you know, some 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 ladies are sensitive, Jimmy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's not my wife. My wife is a pretty easygoing. I, I would I, I I don't see her as sensitive. No, she is not. Yeah, she's, she's a strong woman. She's yeah. Very strong, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as you can tell by most of the pictures she's in. <laughs> <laughs> She looks very serious. She's like, I know. she's a pretty lady. I know. I'm just saying, like, she looks pretty serious sometimes. Like, one, one guy commented, he's like, man, I love that your wife looks so pissed in every photo. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's, she's smiling. Yeah, like, that's her smile. That's her happy smile yeah, right there. You know, yeah. Michelle has this belief that, like a dog, if you show teeth, it's weak. That's not how dogs work. What? If dogs show their teeth, they're aggressive. Nah, it's weak. No, I nah, don't think you know anything about that. You don't even have a dog. What are we talking about today, Jimmy? Apparently, teeth and dogs and banter. Mm, well, you know. Hey, people like that stuff. Hey, we had some visitors today. I saw. You saw? I was here at 1130. Did you meet him? I, I, well, I no, no, I'm talking. I'm, I'm sorry. We had visitors today. Uh, one couple, uh, he leads worship at a church in the area. Uh-huh. They got a Sunday off. They're listeners to the podcast. They came on in. Oh. What was awkward was uh, he was like a foot taller than me. Which isn't that weird? No, no, no. That's she was like two feet taller than me. <gasps> yeah, I felt very minuscule. My good, and I took yeah. a photo of you and Danny today. And Danny's like, "Hey, send me that photo. We'll put it in the show notes." You're not going to put it in the show notes, so maybe I will. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. Though. Go to doctrineanddevotion.com <laughs> slash podcast <laughs> slash one six eight nine two two four. That'll be the uh, URL. I miss you. Yeah, I missed you while I was away. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You didn't even Facetime me once. All right, I told you, as we said in the last episode, mm-hmm. you were acting a fool when I was trying to talk to you, and I just said, I'm done. I am, I'm not going to deal with this for two weeks. No, that's not nice. Yeah, what? I'm All right, let's saying, just get into 1689. You, you, because... you were really short with me, and I was like, I'm not oh, doing this. Oh, ha, ha, <laughs> So dumb. <laughs> I wasn't even mm-hmm. trying to make No wonder that your joke. wife mad at you all the time trying to make that joke mm-hmm. all right what's your word the 1689 chapter 22 of religious worship <laughs> and the sabbath day mm-hmm. chapter 22 paragraph 4 jimmy it's a short one you can probably read this <laughs> you probably live it here we go well actually it's a good one yeah, yeah you so probably, I, it's, I try yeah. to i try to live it. you it's, try to well there's one it. part of this i'm like I don't, i'm not really sure what right, that part means but okay uh prayers to be made for things lawful and for all sorts of men living or that shall live hereafter, but not for the dead. No, no. Nor for those of whom it may be known that they have sinned the sin unto death. Hmm. Ooh. All right, then. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> let's, well let's uh, start let's with the this. easy stuff. Okay. Our prayer should be for things lawful, Jimmy. Yeah, so it's prayers to be made for things lawful. So we're talking about things that are in accordance with the revealed will of God. Now, in theologically speaking, when we talk about the will of God and we're looking at Scripture, there are two basic ways systematic theologians talk about the will of God. Yep. Right? There's that. Um, sometimes people call it the revealed will mm-hmm. and the secret will. Yep. It can be called the will of precept and the will of purpose. Oh. It's called the will of duty and the will of decree. All right. So basic idea is uh, the revealed will are the commands of God or the precepts of God, mm-hmm. those things that he, have laid down in, that he has laid down in Scripture that tell us what to do. 
Yep. It's his will. What's God's will for me? It's the Big Ten. Just read those. Then you know what God's will is for you. Like, okay. Read scripture. The secret will of it's God. found in the secret place. In the quiet. Oh, it's the quiet. It's I thought it was the secret, the secret place. place. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that song. I think it is quiet. You know, right. you know what? That worship song was definitely written by a Canadian. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Why, why, why do you think that? Because it's terrible. And it's, it's just super sentimental. And it ain't no Getty song i'll tell you that no no okay so um so the secret will is mm. the um this the god's will of divine purpose right and it's called secret because and i think this is out of deuteronomy twenty five twenty five. the idea of revealed and, and secret uh wills so the, the the secret will or the will of purpose or the will of decree are those things that god has foreordained Right. So, for example, we can think of uh, the coming of Christ, the crucifixion okay. of Christ. Okay. Now, we would say that God has decreed all things as Reformed Baptists, but uh, in general, we're saying that the, the secret will, the will of purpose, are those things that God has foreordained. Now, um, so yes, when we say, well, we pray in accordance with the will of God, we are hoping that we are praying in accordance with God's secret will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically what we're talking about here, when we say we're praying for things lawful, is that we are praying in accordance with God's revealed will. Yeah. Uh, those things that God approves of. Yeah, I mean, some examples would be like provision. Uh, Philippians 4, 19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So there are things, there there are... Uh, um, there are things out there that we could be praying for, right? Like there, it's okay Needs. to pray. It's yeah, there, it's, a, it's a justifiable need. He knows that we need these things, and we can. And part of it's just it's an act of dependence upon Him and trust yeah. and faithfulness yeah. that God will provide what we need uh, f- to survive as mm-hmm. His children. Luke twelve twenty four. Consider the ravens; they neither sow nor reap; they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so you get more specific and say, well, I'm praying that uh, my friend gets a job, right? Or that uh, yeah. God God provides um, not just employment, but maybe a, a friendship, a relationship for somebody who's mm-hmm. feeling lonely. Uh, there are a variety of needs yep. that we ask God to meet, and it's appropriate Our emotional to stability or, or, you know, yeah. in that case, yeah. Um, we also see, for example, uh, it's appropriate to pray for the conversion of our friends. Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean, that's really the prayer of a Calvinist, right? Because we're praying that God would convert somebody, that God would change their mind, mm-hmm. their heart, cause them to be born again, uh, according to the, to the ministry of the word. We're praying for God to do what only God can do. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Brothers, my heart's desire. This is Paul, the apostle, speaking about his Jewish brothers and sisters. My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. So clearly, I mean, I've actually heard people say, well, there's no, there's no mention of anybody praying for the salvation of people in Scripture. Well, there, there is, right? And here, here, here we have one. And really, I mean, what is your hope that somebody's going to come to know the Lord, right? I've prayed mm-hmm. for my friends. I've prayed for, I'm, like Kanye is all the talk right now about a, a potentially a new convert, certainly looks like a new convert. And people have been praying for him, and that's the hope, right? Not that somebody is going to figure Jesus out, mm-hmm. but that God will change their mind. That's right. Uh, there's also peace and turmoil. Uh, Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. So in the midst of despair or struggle, knowing that we could uh, seek peace uh, by growing closer to our God. Yeah. I mean, I think about... 
times when you just feel overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, maybe it's work, maybe it's family, it could be personal issues. But oftentimes when we really feel the need to pray, it's because we lack this peace that would guard our hearts. We are mm. anxious, uh, nervous, fearful, depressed. And so uh, it's appropriate to pray that God would calm us down, center us in such a way that we are, like you said earlier, dependent upon God, satisfied with God, trusting God in the midst of those difficult times. So yeah, we pray uh, for things that are lawful and for all sorts of men, mm. living or that shall live hereafter. So we pray for all kinds of men. Uh, for example, Jimmy, First uh, Timothy two one through two. This is really common, uh, well known. Yeah, people know this passage. Uh, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And while this has a specific application yeah. towards ruler, rulers and, and authorities, um, it's very specific, though, about praying for all people, right? We're saying, like, there, there is no one that is uh, no kind of person that you can't pray for for their good, for their, <sighs> their growth. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, think about that. There, the benefit in praying for leaders is that, wow, we can lead a peaceful and quiet life, but yeah. when you pray for them, you are praying for their prosperity, their safety, ultimately the grace of God upon them that would most dramatically be seen in them coming to know Jesus mm. as Lord and Savior, being reconciled to God, but then also that God would bless them and lift them up so that they can be useful to God in whatever uh, ways that he determines. And then also praying for those yet to live. So future children, grandchildren, future generations. And so, yeah, yeah you, you should be It'd be great to be, you know, be praying for 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 those that are uh, seeking uh, to have children. You want to be praying for your children now, yeah. praying for your grandchildren. And you could even think about it like praying for the future spouse of your kids when they're yeah. little, right? We've oftentimes, Jen and I have oftentimes been praying for uh, those that our children will hopefully marry someday. We would like to see that, of course, if that's in a, a part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. But we're praying that they would be hardworking, godly, faithful, zealous, that they would love Jesus more than they would love their kids. I mean, their, their spouse, but, that, uh, but that's what will make them love them even more, right? If they love God yeah. first. So I think, you know, the idea idea of praying for all people living and yet to live means that we have the opportunity to pray for more people than we can fathom and yet we tend to stick to a pretty tight circle of people that we pray for right we pray for you know the people in our lives that are the most close to us yeah. maybe people in our small group family things like that but we got maybe people within our church the good ones <laughs> you know the, so, so the mons so the we ones that, the, the mons we'll pray for the mons they don't even really need it though no, they're right? too blessed. Or maybe they're so blessed because we pray for them all the time. Oh, you're welcome, Gary. You're welcome, Jennifer. So <laughs> these are all things that are lawful and good to be praying for, praying for all men, all women at all times. And uh, there, sometimes you pray for people to be blessed, for God to be active in their lives. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are some things you don't really need to pray too much about. And one of them is to go to Media Gradier <laughs> and to pick up the Behold Your God, the Weight of Majesty Multimedia Bible. You need to pray about that. Just go get that thing. Just go get it. This is it's a twelve week multimedia Bible study on the character of God, mm -hmm. which is more of a study of theological or theology proper, uh, going deep with one week per attribute considered. Yeah, they go to uh, England, Scotland, and New England to incorporate the witness of church history through significant figures, um, the people that your church needs to know about, like uh, John Knox, John yep. Bunyan, uh, Newton, and and many, many others. And it features contribution, contributions from guys like Steve Lawson, Joel Beakey, Sinclair Ferguson, Ian Hamilton, Jeff Thomas, and a whole bunch more. 
Whew. Now, it's a 13-DVD set. It's got a corresponding daily devotional workbook that each person in the study will need to get their own copy of so that they can benefit yeah. individually as they're going through this study. And so here's what uh, here's what our brothers are doing over at Media Gratia. Ready? The entire first week of the study is available for free. There it is. Just so you can take a look at it, you can evaluate it, you can consider it. And so you head on over to uh, mediagrate.org or, well, just go to the meansofgrace.org. Let's you, just say You that. ain't going to be able to spell You're media not gonna be able to spell it. If you can spell it and you can find it, good for you. For the rest of us, themeansofgrace.org. All right, Jimmy. So, you know, th- this is just the the last paragraph on prayer concerning worship mm-hmm. and uh, the Sabbath. And so it's, it's given us a lot of instruction on the things that we should be praying for. But then it tells us, oh, yeah, yes. there's some, there's some, there's some people you shouldn't pray for, pray for. There are some people, there are some people, Jimmy, that you shouldn't be praying for, oh. and not just the people that get on your nerves. Like you, oh. know, like you can't count Steve McCoy into this category because I know you like you, you get mad at him. And you don't want to pray for him. Oh no, no, I well, I, I, I anti pray. What's that mean? Well, I just go, Lord, don't bless him. Is that a thing? I guess you could do that. Sort of an imprecatory prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got that. Yeah. Well, here we're told not to pray for the dead. Now, oh. if you grew up Baptist and don't have any familiarity with Roman Catholicism... Some of us may have grown up Roman Catholic yeah. and understand this sin and have repented of it. So, Jimmy, mm. Roman Catholics think you ought to be praying for dead people? Yes. No, stop it. Stop it. You stop it. You stop it. The, the 1689 is telling you to stop it. The, no, stop no. praying for the dead, Jimmy. No, I'm sorry, but I'm telling you what the Roman Catholic idea oh, okay, Yeah, You said right. to the Roman Catholic. That's yeah, what you said. yeah. Yeah. So, it, so what does it mean to pray? Why would you pray for the dead? People who have already well, passed. Yeah, no. For some of it's like you're praying for the dead, right? So you're praying for those that maybe are in limbo or purgatory. I think they did away with limbo, just purgatory now. Just purgatory now. Mm-hmm. And so, nice. You can just do that. <laughs> yeah. Pope would just be like, you know what? Babies in limbo. No, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, it's ex cathedral. What if you're speaking from yeah. the seat of Peter? He's mm-hmm. it's 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 infallible. Yeah. So he can. Just speak willy nilly, <laughs> <laughs> infallible and willy nilly in the same in the same description. That's what the fofo brings to the table. <laughs> so, anyways, this yeah. idea of praying for the dead, like it's certainly not in the sixty six books that comprise the scripture. You find it in uh, the apocrypha. Yeah. You find some some yeah. support for it there. And you uh, and you see, well, I think in this case, I mean, the individuals themselves are. There's a heart. There's there's a motivation oh, yeah. behind it of like of I, I I want to I, I want to help someone that I love mm-hmm. be able to to enter into the you know peace. And you I mean we love like you know my mom just passed right and so you know when your when your relatives pass you know, you miss them and if you don't have an assurance that yeah. they are you know in Abraham's bosom in in heaven in the presence of God and you know that they might be in either like a holding cell. Uh, which, you know, some of our family members know a lot about, um, you know, if, if they're in like a spiritual holding cell, uh, you want them to get out of that, right? Yeah. And so prayers for the dead is designed to benefit those that aren't yet in heaven. And even like this was one of the causes that uh, or one of the issues that really gave momentum to guys like Martin Luther during the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. Because Tetzel would hawk these these indulgences to people. And uh, the phrase was, uh, the moment a coin in the coffer rings, mm. a soul from from purgatory surely doth spring. In other words, uh, you, you can pay. You can pray and pay yeah. to get your relatives into the presence of God. Pray and play. Yeah. Pray and play. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's... Uh, 
I mean, clearly we're going to say no praying for the dead, not because we don't have compassion, but because there's no warrant for it in Scripture. Um, There seems to be uh, either, you know, it's appointed unto men to die once, and after that to face judgment. So there is no in-between after this. Now, the part that really, though, had to really repent of was it's not just about praying for the dead, but praying to the dead. Talk about them saints. Talk about them saints, Mary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, after all. She rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and became... Well, yes, yes. I mean, according and, and, and to... She, and she was... Uh, willy-nilly. According willy, to Pope willy-nilly. Pope, Pope willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, and she's also, you know... Uh, uh, Co-mediatrix? Uh, yep. Virgin-born herself, you know. Yep. Immaculate conception. Yep. So anyways, uh, but praying to the dead... So, man, I even had, like, this monk give me a, a relic. It was a bone shard of some saint. I was like, this is your patron saint. I can't remember the name. You're going to need to start praying in here. Pray to him. He will help you. St. Bones. St. Bones. John, John, John Bones. St. John Bones. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, the idea of praying to the dead for, for help, for. Uh, why, why would, why, why do Catholics. And listen, we're, we're having some fun here, but we actually have read. And Jimmy obviously was educated uh, in Catholicism. So um, we're not making this up. Why? What's the appeal in praying to a saint instead of praying to God? So, I mean, I think. One of it was like the idea of accessibility, right? And there's someone that that knows you or kind of knows what you're going through, or or if mm-hmm. there was like a certain place, like uh, like okay, well, we were when I was in France mm-hmm. at, at uh, the Louvre. No, the Basilica. Like uh, there was, I went to this one uh, church, and so sorry, I know I'm, I'm trying to remember everything, but there was like supposed to be like this patron saint that once visited there, this this mm-hmm. uh, lady that had visited there. And so, uh, because she's like a saint there, so they would be praying to her. And so the idea was like, she knows of this place. She knows of our people. She's one of us. She will, mm. she will then, um, speak on our behalf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's part of the appeal that I, that I've read is that, um, I want Jimmy to pray for me. Jimmy wants me to pray for him. Well, you know, who's better at praying than us two fallen sinners? Mary. Yeah. And who has the ear of Jesus better than his mom? Oh, that's right. She's she, right there. She gets uh, she gets right in there. Now, um, speaking of France. Oh, what's going on? Royale with cheese. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you, just, you just had to say I it? I had to say it. So we don't pray for the dead. Mm-hmm. But then the confession goes on to say, and I'm going to let you take this one, Jimmy. Oh, well, <laughs> we do. No, not, no, no. I just uh, took no, the I'm last one. To, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be generous here. No, no, no. I, be generous. I, I took the. We I don't want to show off. I don't want to have I, all the oh, answers. Yes, oh, so I took. We, you. we, I did the. We, you know, we do not pray for. I the said dead. Royale with cheese. So, yeah, so uh, now here, no, it's your turn to answer. So, Joe, the confession that says it ends here with, we do not pray for those who committed the sin unto death. Now, we don't pray for those whom it may be known. That they have sinned the sin unto death. Mm. Oh, well, now please, please tell me the difference and what that sin is. Well, you know, mm-hmm. there's the, um, in 1 John 5.16, of course, oh, okay. uh, that's obviously where this is coming from. In 1 John 5.16, it says, as he stalls to try and think of an answer, if anyone <laughs> sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. Mm. Do you think it has something to do with like giving over? Yeah, well, that's the, when you read the commentaries on this particular issue, um, there are different views, right? Is this, is this the kind of sin that Jesus is talking about, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, you know, attributing 
uh, the work of the Spirit in the ministry of Jesus to Satan is that blasphemy, uh, uh, the, the, this unforgivable sin, or is it something else? I mean, John certainly has something in mind, and most of the commentaries that I'm familiar with on this don't really try to pin it down because they say this is a, a questionable thing. It could be a... a um, Sin that leads to death being a condition of the heart in a life that is characterized uh, by the reprobate, right? It's the mm. reprobate's life. This is the person that will not repent or believe. They're headlong in sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I honestly just don't really know. And I would, you know, I, I guess I, I could have looked up. Uh, Legionnaire just sent me that... Um, R.C. Sproul's commentary on the Westminster. I should have mm. looked at that, but I didn't have time because it's Sunday and I'm busy. But um, this is something that, hey, listen, there are people out there a lot smarter than us that have a lot more background uh, on, on in this verse or, or on this issue. So feel free to hit us up on social media to help us understand maybe better ways of interpreting this because all I can see in this is that there are there are there is a situation in which a person is headlong into a sin that leads to death and the confessionist says we don't pray first john seems to say you know what you do, i'm not arguing that you have to pray mm -hmm. for that so i'm not really sure what to do with it that's one of those parts of the confession where i have yet to really come to understand it if jim or sam renahan were here he'd probably have some answers for yeah, us but they, they've uh, already they've written a you know a few, some stuff two volume commentary on that well, I don't know if that's true. No, but, no, they uh, did. Did they really? Yeah. No, it's just not published, huh? No, it's not just yet. secret. No, 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 yeah. In it's the in the secret place. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but bottom line here, Jimmy, um, <clears throat> when, we, when we're looking at, at all that the 1689 does have to say about prayer in public and in private, what does it mean? Yeah, I mean, it means that there are limits uh, to what makes appropriate prayer, right? What? Wait, he's oh, being so controlling now. No, it's not being a oh, you just can't, you just can't get it wrong. You just you you just can't just pray. You can't talk to God. There's going to be limits. You can. You're saying it can be done wrong. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, I am. I am saying it can be done wrong. The, the, you know what? I don't feel like that. That doesn't make God seem very accessible, Jimmy. Oh, oh, well, then go talk to the preacher and saint of communication. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you can see why people. Might get a little, I might bristle at that, right? Because we we've become so accustomed, like oh, I pray, just talk to God, you know, hey God, what's up, you know, and he's, you know, he, he's your, he's your, I don't know, homeboy, he's your homeboy, it's it's he's like, um, you know, what's that? At? See, he's like my Snapchat buddy, man. I just what? like, yeah, you know, I just shoot some videos up. Hey, what's up, Lord? You know, and my you think Snapchat you can get it? I don't know what all the kids, whatever the kids are using, uh, Venmo. I don't know what the kids are using stuff on the on the phones. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. All I know is that people treat God as if they can approach him on their terms and in any way that they deem appropriate without recognizing yeah. that God has told us how to pray. He 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 has said, I want mm. you to pray like this. Here's what it means to pray in accordance with my will. Here are good things. Here are lawful yeah. things that you ought to be praying for. You ought to pray without ceasing. Yeah. Right? I mean, there he's given us a lot of information on how to pray. He's cautioned us about praying inappropriately, right? Yep. Like praying without faith. Right? Out of James. There's a there's a lot that the scripture has to say about it. Well, and, and Jesus himself in, in Matthew six. Yeah. Right? says, and uh, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, mm. for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Mm -hmm. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Not hallowed. hallowed. He's not hallowed. Hallowed. Yeah, there you go. Hallowed. Hallowed, hallowed. hallowed be your name. 
wed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as is, as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil you know we ought to do uh a long episode just on the lord's prayer mm-hmm. you know that could be really good uh, because there's so much there. Yeah. And uh, yes, Jimmy and I think that this is a prayer that you can recite and pray. Yep. And you can also use it as a pattern. And you can use it thematically. This I means Jesus gave us this to teach us. And you need to be taught how to pray. All this backing up the idea that prayer is serious. And you know what? It should be a regular part of yes. our private lives. It, it, God is your life. If you've been born again, reconciled to God through Christ, then you ought to seek to maintain ongoing communion with Him, and thoughtful, biblically saturated, intentional, heartfelt prayer is supposed mm. to be the norm. And of course, we're going to struggle, we're going to get this wrong, we're, we're going to go times without praying, and we've all been there where you wake up and you get you know three quarters of the way through your day, all the way to the end of your day maybe, and you realize, I haven't talked to the Lord yeah. today. And that's unfortunate, right? We all do that. Thankfully... Our standing before God isn't based on how well or frequently we pray, but our experience of fellowship and communion with Him does ebb and flow, yep. and prayer is one of those important things. So it needs to be a regular part of our private lives. That's one of the things here that we should be taking away. But then it should also be a regular part of our corporate worship, right? So mm. prayer should be part of uh, of our liturgy, of our time as we gather together as God's people. Just during uh, like offering, probably, right? Well, yeah, so that we get more, <laughs> so, that, so that there's more, or just... As a transition from yes. when the stage is being cleared. You know, dim the lights, start praying, sneak praying. on and off. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just like a in plays and such. Uh, but no, it should be saturated throughout the entire service from beginning to end. And I like that. You know, it's one of the things that we see, you know, and that we try to maintain and, and increase here at Redeemer, right? <clears throat> we um, we have times to pray uh, together throughout the service. So prayers are led and even... Even in the midst of the songs that you're singing, right, those ought to be lifted up to God in an attitude of prayer. Yeah. Prayer ought to be the whole thing, really, I mean, in that sense. And so, yeah, that's what all of this means. Prayer should be a regular part of all of life. And I'm thankful for the confession, even where I don't totally understand it, mm. that uh, that this, this gift of prayer is something that we take way too lightly. But Jimmy... I know people are going to have stuff to say, and especially when it comes to First uh, John five sixteen. If they want to hop on to the conversation online and help us out, how do they do it? Yeah, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website DoctrineVotion There you can contact us. You can send for the email blast or hit up the store JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. <laughs> Why you had to do that right in the middle, huh? Joe just left. So I'm going to say bye. Later. Later.